Well, hello, American Cancer Society community. So nice to have the opportunity to talk to you today, and I am thrilled to have with me um, Dr. Karen Freund, who um, Karen has a lot of titles. I'm just going to roll these out. She is um, the Interim Physician-in-Chief and Vice Chair for Faculty Affairs and Quality Improvement and Professor of Medicine at Tufts University School of Medicine. Uh, Dr. Freund is also the Associate Director for Research Collaborations within the Tufts Clinical and Translation Science Institute. She teaches in the Sackler School of Graduate Biomedical Sciences and important to this audience and near and dear to my heart, she is uh, one of our fantastic American Cancer Society clinical research professors. So thank you so much for joining us today, Karen. Well, thank you for inviting me. Uh, Karen, I guess I'll, I'll start off by saying that you are known for some pretty incredible successes as a researcher and clinician, but I've done some digging around online, and you are also really known as a very successful mentor and having some interest in mentoring. So usually there's a story to that. Um, Joe and I'd be really interested to know if you had mentors yourself or you know, maybe was there an impact, some early impact that mentors had on you. So absolutely. So I think you can't really be successful um, probably in life, but certainly in, in a biomedical research career without having the benefits of strong mentors and people to guide um, and direct you along the way. And, you know, as I reflect back, I was fortunate to have a, a, a series of mentors um, who were able to help me. And um, I was fortunate in a couple of circumstances. I, I, twice in my career, I had mentors who um, suddenly became ill and, and died early in their career. And in one particular situation, you know, a month after this mentor died, I got a call from a colleague, uh, a senior colleague at my institution, who just sort of, you know, said, um, you know, if, if you want to meet once a month, I'd be happy to meet with you. And, and really, um, you know, somebody who was kind enough and, and somebody who was a very busy person but basically offered to become my mentor. And uh, that was one episode where that new mentoring relationship um, provided me with a number of skills I didn't know I didn't have and didn't know that I needed. And that's one of the things I think that mentorship throughout my career has really helped. It's those people who tell you, okay, this is the direction you need to go next. This is the thing you need to learn next. This is the thing you need to be working on next. Um, because without having gone through the career, you don't know what those guideposts are. I, I would also say that there are many mentors in my career who, you know, we started our relationship and we never sort of sat down and said, oh, are you going to be my mentor or would you right. mentor me, but really became those individuals who were part of that mentoring team. And, and um, oftentimes they played specific roles. They helped with specific aspects of my research career or my new administrative roles. Um, or just kind of a, a, a check on, on how things were going. So I think the other important thing I learned about mentorship in my career is it really does take a village, and, and um, we really do need a group of people um, as opposed to relying on one single person to provide all the mentorship in our career. No, I think you're exactly right. It's so interesting how good mentor and mentee relationships, oftentimes, as you said, they're organic and they uh, they happen by happenstance, but uh, those people come into your lives to fulfill a particular role, uh, maybe or deficiency that we didn't even know we had. Um, I, I do think it's so interesting that you give kind of this litany of um, individuals and circumstances where you had mentors who were impactful. Um, I think that as you mentor, you kind of honor those relationships and that impact. I'd really, I'd like to know now on the flip side, what is it about mentoring that's rewarding to you? 
you learn so much mentoring. I mean, you know, mentoring is kind of construed as oftentimes as this one-way relationship where someone is imparting all this information to to a more junior colleague. But the reality is it really is a two-way street and that mentors, mentees have really um, helped me and have challenged me, have given me feedback. Um, you know, I recall, you know, one of the things we do in our research team is any, nobody gets to go out and give a talk unless they practice it. And that includes myself. It's like, you know, that was the group that sort of was, you know, knew me well enough and felt comfortable enough to say, hey, you've got to fix that, and this slide looks terrible, and you didn't, ex- you didn't explain this clearly enough. But the reality is we all continue to need that throughout our careers. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that mentoring can mean very different things to different people. Sometimes it's a very structured relationship, and sometimes it's more that give and take. So do you have a specific approach that you've used um, that you found to be reliable? So the the in terms of the approach, different trainees need different things from different right. people. So I think um, early on having some discussion about what it is they're looking for and what you think you can provide. So recently a, a trainee who's not in my department came up to me and, and really wanted me to be part of her, wanted me to be her primary mentor. And I said, you know, I'm not in a position to do that both in terms of my current time but also in terms of your topic area because it's not my area of expertise. And so we worked out who could provide that primary role and what additional value I could add. And so we don't meet with as regularly as she does with her primary mentor, but we do meet regularly and we and and we also have meetings with her entire team. Um, so I, I think by laying that groundwork of what I could and couldn't provide, how much time I could provide, um, that really sort of lay the groundwork for for us both feeling like we were we were meeting an obligation and a commitment we made and um, it made me feel better because it, 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 I felt like I could be clear on what I could provide for her. I like that. I mean, it sounds like you, one of your approaches is to tailor your approach to what you can offer, which I think is always good to realize our limitations and other demands and also what that person needs. I, I am interested because that in particular was a female. I'd like to ask, um, do, you, do you, as a woman yourself, do you feel like it's important to mentor and to develop um, young female clinicians and scientists. Um, have you felt any kind of a responsibility to do that? So it's always a it's it's a hard topic in terms of both thinking about women who are scientists and also thinking about underrepresented minority faculty yeah, sure. and, and scientists because we if they if you have a, a rare group and they're doing are responsible for the mentoring of of everyone. Um, who identifies uh, the same way they do, oftentimes they can really get overburdened. So right. I, I, I do personally feel um, that I offer things to, to to both men and women I mentor in terms of, of a gender lens. You know, I, I, uh, you know one of the things that, that um, early career investigators oftentimes have to have to juggle is the, is the home life balance. And, and I remember once having a a male colleague in my office who no who at that point did not have children and uh, um I got the call during our mentoring meeting saying the babysitter was sick and he immediately wanted to get out of the room and say oh I'll, and I said no 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 sit here you need to learn how to do this in the for the future and and so I actually had him sit in the room and watch while I made a couple of phone calls and and figured out how to juggle who was going to pick up um, which child from where, and you know, I don't remember all the specifics, but he later on, several years later, when um, when he had a family, sort of remarked on on that transparency and how it was actually helpful for him to see that everybody goes through those challenges, and it's it's really about about being open about how you how you address them. 
Oh, I love that story about just the reality of uh, we're not just scientists, but we're moms and dads and kids and brothers and sisters and members of communities, and, and we all face similar challenges. So oh, that's fantastic. So I, I also think an, another piece of mentoring it, to me is that it seems pretty obvious that junior scientists and clinicians need mentors, but we all need mentors throughout our lives. So I'm, I'd be interested to know if you have people now that you rely on and think of as mentors um, when you maybe just have big decisions you need to make. I do. And, you know, as you become more senior, you maybe rephrase, you rephrase kind of how you think about them. You may not always think about them as mentors. They may be more peer mentors, but I think no matter what your, what your, um, you know, stage of your career, having some people who can give you frank advice um, is really critical. You have to have those people around you. Yeah, I think that's a great perspective. Um, I like thinking about it as peer mentors. I'm going to keep that in mind. So I do want to ask about, we all have so many demands on our time. So if you really had to pitch to someone to give their time as a mentor, um, what would you say? What would you say to that person about maybe the the benefits or of those relationships? I would probably start by saying, you know, selfishly, I think it does make you a better scientist. I think it does require that you not only know your own work, but but maybe can take a, a step away from your own work to see how how a new field is developing. I, I, but I, I think most of it really comes down to the um, the personal fulfillment that we are moving the field forward. You know, we all play a small role with our own research, and we can really amplify that role if we are mentoring others who are going to who are going to continue to move that forward. You know. Um, Right. We all sort of, I, I don't know whether it's true, we all only have a certain number of finite good ideas, but um, <laughs> but being able to help somebody else with a lot of really good ideas achieve those goals and, and really really make new cancer discovery is, is a pretty um, empowering thing to do. Oh, that's a great sell. I mean, what a great kind of lesson on how to expand the reach that we all have. We all have limitations of time and um, not only time in research, but time on this planet. So what a nice way to think about um, kind of logarithmically amplifying that. All right, I have one more question, and that's if, so I, in a different way, I'd love for you to think about um, if you were trying to explain to a cancer patient or to a caregiver or to a survivor why it is important for a researcher or a clinician to spend time mentoring rather than um, all of their time in the clinic or all of their time in the lab, because in essence, mentoring does take us away from uh, maybe part and parcel of some of our other activities. Um, how might you tell that story? And we've touched on it a little bit, but how might you tell that story to that audience? So a part of the way I might tell that story is just the gift that the American Cancer Society Clinical Research Professorship has been. The fact that I have resources that allows me to dedicate a certain amount of my time to these mentoring relationships. Um, it means that there is the, the next generation is getting trained and prepared to do the work. You know, you can't do this work alone. And, um, you know, a lot of what we do in clinical work and in, in research really is an apprenticeship. You can't just take a course and then go out and do a research project. You have to learn how to work in teams, You, especially in, in, in you know, cancer, where, where if we want to tackle rare conditions or rare subtypes, we've got to work together as groups um, to understand this. And, 
And no one's going to be able to do that unless they have that mentorship and support. So I really see this as vital to the cancer mission um, and the cancer research mission is using the lessons that I've learned and maybe trying to sort of help others learn the lessons a little bit easier, not so much as, as try and fail and then, and then learn, but learn from other people's um, trial and error um, in order to how, to how to guide their careers. I think it's really just, just a critical part of our research mission. Oh, Karen, what a beautiful sentiment, and we 100% agree. Um, and we are so grateful for your time and for all the just outstanding contributions you've made to cancer research to our patients and certainly to junior scientists. So um, we'll let you get back to it, but thank you for sharing some time with us today. We're grateful. Great. Well, thank you all. Thank you both very much um, for this. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.